This is a Baby Brunch podcast. This is a Baby Brunch podcast about ordinary people who do extraordinary things. And we have been privileged over the last few weeks to to have a lot of people in our studio that we could learn from. We have been chatting to parents and today we are very privileged to chat to a clinical psychologist. Janine, I know you as someone who has not just advised on my business, but also as someone who has advised me on my personal life as a life coach. And the reason I value your advice and also your husband's inputs in in my business and in my life is because I learned about meditation. I learned about, about mindfulness. And it's quite useful, not just in the world of business, but but also as a mom. So welcome to our studio. Thanks, Ilana. <laughs> You're a mom, and I want to talk about that first, before we talk about what you do for a living and how you can also help us. Um, you're a mother of four boys. That's right. Tell me about them. So we have four. Um, I always refer to them as big ones and little ones, although my little ones aren't that little anymore. So right. the younger two are sort of 14 and 15 at high school, and the older two are at varsity, 23 and 21. What's also, and I, I have to say it, even though you've been in my life as as a coach for the past six years, five years, you know me, but you've never seen me. That's right. But then, of course, I do know you are gorgeous, even <laughs> though I haven't seen you. <laughs> What's the correct way of saying it? Do I say you're visually impaired? There are obviously different ways, and and I think there's always the, you know, what's the correct way to say it. Mm-hmm. I think the easiest way is to say that I'm blind because people understand that. Visually impaired is, is another way. Often what does happen, though, is people who are visually impaired are partially sighted. So right. they can they can see light um, and dark, perhaps, objects, um, whereas I'm completely blind. Okay. So it's perhaps easier to go with that. Janine also has a beautiful guide dog. And then there's the, I'm so glad you didn't bring Rocky with you today. <laughs> Rocky is a Rottweiler that's bigger than me. <laughs> she is, is it a female? It is. Oh, gosh. And she's, she's lovely. Janine says she's lovely, but when she barks, the whole, like the whole world stands still for a moment. It's, it's, Rocky has like a butterfly effect to his bark. <laughs> It's really, really good to have you here. Oh, thanks very much. As a mom and and having four boys, I, the, the first thing I think of is what made you have more? You know, I, I have two babies and, and I, have, I have two others. I mean, you know that I'm a stepmom. Four is a lot. Yeah, four is a lot, but I have to confess that I actually wanted six. Really? So I think, well, four is enough. Mm. Or perhaps I should say my husband said that was enough. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it was just the experience of having my first child. I always say that I had him and he was just so gorgeous. And I so enjoyed the experience of being a parent that I just felt I wanted to have more children. Um, And I think the the big family, we were drawn to the concept of a big family Mm. um, and just what one gets out of that. Not that I necessarily think... It's for everybody. Mm. Um, but I just felt quite strongly that the many children appeal to me. I love the input that you have had in my life when I had my babies. 
And I always talk about support for parents. And that's why we have this podcast series, because we want to tell everybody that it's it's going to become easier to find support. And I want your input today, especially for our moms and our moms-to-be and our dads, because sometimes it gets really tough out there. I want to touch on mindfulness this morning. And I want to talk through that because it's one of the things that has helped me. First of all, let's just unpack that for a while. Mindfulness, what is it? Yes, Ilana, I think it, it, it is a very out there concept. I'm sure a lot of your listeners have heard about mindfulness. Essentially, if we keep it down to its most simple, mindfulness is noticing. It's being present in the, mo- in, in the moment, in this moment, and noticing what's unfolding. If we are often preoccupied by the external world, mindfulness is when for a moment we stop, turn inward, and simply notice what is emerging. Imagine that things are really busy and I want to rage or I'm really angry or like in my case when I found mindfulness uh, useful was when I couldn't even name feelings. I wouldn't know that I'm upset or angry. I would just know that I'm not feeling nice. Is this something that could help parents or help moms to, let's call it focus a little bit more? Definitely. Another way I like to describe mindfulness is the concept of awareness training. So it's almost a mental skill that we can practice. And what we're practicing is to be more aware in the moment and more aware of our inner world. So as you're describing those crazy moments, it's the ability to stop and notice how I am responding inside myself to what is happening. How is it how is it of use? How can it help us? So if I had to say for myself, what what I was drawn to in the concept of mindfulness is that it was giving us a map to, to encounter and to be with stillness inside of ourselves. And so possibly when one has children, many children and perhaps boys as well, <laughs> um, noise and busyness, it just becomes part of life. So I was attracted to mindfulness in the sense that it gave me little pockets of stillness within myself and within the busyness of my day. So it is that ability to step back and to just find a calm, anchored space inside yourself. So in many respects, what one does is to go to a deeper part of yourself and you almost, it's a moment to touch base with yourself and to feel a bit more grounded before you then continue with whatever you're doing. Within psychology, it always feels or seems like it's a really big word or something that takes really long to achieve. Is it something that that anyone can do? Definitely, it is something anyone can do anytime. I think perhaps we should draw the distinction between formal mindful practice and informal practice. As a mom, I found that the informal practice was more what I managed. That is when you just take a moment. So even just stopping, turning inward and saying what's happening for me right now, that is being mindful. And that doesn't take that doesn't take time. Mm. If we're going to practice it formally, we set aside 10 minutes and we will do it in an intentional way. Um, and the general sort of process would be to stop, check in with self, 
there's a part of mindfulness that is an anchoring. And normally what they teach is to follow the breath. And that's really just to calm, to stabilize your mind because our minds are always busy and running all over the place. So that's a little bit stabilizing. And then it's just opening and simply sitting back and noticing what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What does my body feel like? And just noticing it. So one could take 10 minutes to do that. You could take three minutes to do that. Or you could take any one aspect of that. So the first of just checking in with self, that is being mindful. Or the simple following a breath. What happens or what is the result of it? So let's say I am taking 10 minutes aside. Uh, something happened and I want to be mindful and just figure out what this is that I'm feeling and I'm I'm going through all of it. I'm turning inwards and I'm saying to myself, okay, I'm really angry or I'm upset. Is If the result is that you start crying uncontrollably or the result is that you uh, are angry because now you're thinking about this, what what's the outcome that we really want when you become mindful? I think the first... The first thing it did for me was it helped me calm down. Right. So it's a, it's a de-stressing. So immediately there, there's a moment of of calming down. Because you're noticing, yes, you're right, it might touch on emotions. But even then, I think in time you can learn how to work with that, mm. that that emotion that comes up. It's a, it's a moment of vulnerability. But learning to know and familiarize ourselves with those areas of vulnerability are important. So if I had to just say, after that sort of immediate calm, what I feel it does is it helps us connect with ourselves. Mm -hmm. So if we look at what happens in in general life, I think for the most part, we're in what we can call survivor mode. Mm -hmm. And survivor mode is functional. It's very helpful when, for example, we need to get all the children pack lunchbox out the door Mm. to work, get the report done. Right. But where mindfulness has helped me is more connecting with that deeper part of self so that you can do what essentially, although it might sound a bit cheesy, Mm -hmm. but do the loving. It's very hard to love and be loved when you're in this survivor functional Mm. mode. So it's taught me how to step back and be more connected with myself so that I can be in close relationship with others. So do intimacy in marriage, do closeness with a friend. Um, be in touch with the children. Mm. I think of mindfulness and then the one thing that I also think of is meditation. Are the two connected? I think meditation is perhaps a, a broader a broader term. So mindfulness perhaps is a form of meditation. So we would term it as mindful meditation. Right. Um, but I think meditation isn't necessarily being still and sitting in a Zen-like position and being calm. So mindfulness can even be a movement. For example, if we're walking and we we can be mindful as we are walking. So right. it's not necessarily that picture of sitting quietly, nobody must interrupt or disturb me now. So hanging the washing, you can hang the washing mindfully. I don't want to hang the washing to me. <laughs> I'm tired. You want to sit quiet and be mindful. (laughs) Give me a simple example. We've got, we've got moms listening. And I mean, I've had some questions on Facebook of people asking questions around uh, psychology 
because they know that we're going to have you in as one of our experts. And and I want to touch on that. And if we don't, we're going to have Janine back um, another time also to to touch on those questions. But if there's a mom that's listening now, if you can if you can teach us one way or a method, a practical way of of just becoming quiet. Let's say you've never done it and you actually don't know how. How do you do that? So for myself, the first thing is stop. So just Wow, okay. Stop. <laughs> stop and say hello to yourself. So it's a stop and check in. So what if you are raging, you are very cross in your brain with your husband or your three-year-old is throwing a tantrum because she still wants her dummy. I should stop? Well, you might need to hold your three-year-old. <laughs> I think the stopping is mentally self-hello. What mm, is going on for me right me, now? Right. So, so notice, notice that emotion. There is something so liberating about noticing because mm. once you've noticed, suddenly you now have choices. But if you haven't stepped back and notice, you on automatic pilot, and it's as though you on this wave mm. of of fury that will take you down a path where you'll end up doing and saying things that you'll regret afterwards. Sure, where were you ten years ago? <laughs> <laughs> so the stopping and noticing mm. is that moment of awareness, and immediately you can see something. You now can choose how you're going to behave. I like that, especially the part where you say, sometimes you say something that you don't want to say. Because most of the time when we have to apologize, it's probably when you're saying something in the heat of the moment. Mm -hmm. And it's when you could have just stopped. I love that. Stop and, and acknowledge, acknowledge self. Say hello. Say, what am I feeling? The further thing and what you, the example you're giving is intensity. I think that's very real. We have mm -hmm. these moments of intensity. What I have found, particularly when you have this moment of intense emotion, then the stopping and coming into your senses. So you would feel your body or feel the wind if you're outside. Mm. Feel the pressure of sitting. Feel the floor beneath your feet. I like that. So as soon as we feel our senses, what mm. is happening is we're coming out of our thinking mind and the thinking mind is often where the problem happens, where we think, then we feel, then we feel, then we think some more. And that's really what that spiral, that chaos spiral is a spiral of thoughts and emotions. So as soon as we focus on our senses, then it's as though we're coming into our body and that will immediately physiologically calm us. Added to that, of course, the deep breathing. So that that is a real winner because we always breathing. Yeah. We never roll without our breath. <laughs> so that sort of intentional conscious breathing is also physiologically very calming just to help us get off that moment of intensity. And, and it's, it's a deep breath that you're talking about because most of the time we hold our breath. I mean, even as someone who speaks for a living, we hold our breaths when we do interviews. Most absolutely. Of the time. Absolutely. And so what we're noticing is the sensation of breathing. As the air comes in, you actually intentionally have it as a deeper breath, notice the expansion, and it's just a conscious staying with the experience of breathing. One, two, three breaths, sometimes counting is an additionally calming experience. Um, so it gets us off that intensity, and then as we settle, it's as though we can start thinking more clearly. Mm. And by then, hopefully, the tantrum is over. <laughs> And you didn't say things like, I take that! And everyone's 
I love my sound technician. He's laughing in the corner. He's a dad too. <laughs> or we can do the exit of, I'm feeling quite tense at the moment. Can we talk about this later? <laughs> I, I enjoy that too because, because it, it usually diffuses a, a situation. I've started doing that. Absolutely. So now you've noticed and now you've verbalized. Mm. I'm actually feeling, I'm feeling a bit intense. Can we try and talk about this another time? I like that. Can we talk about this? In a, yeah, it just shifts to the, mm. the conversation to a later stage. Sure, Janine Not is, that your three-year-old is going to tolerate that. But no, but mind. you know what she does do? <laughs> I found that even with, with her, children understand breathing, especially if you show them how. And I find that when we get those tantrums, I say, breathe. And they do. Mm. She told me the other day, I don't want to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> You can breathe, Mom. Yeah, you can breathe. I don't want to breathe. Oh, Janine is a clinical psychologist. And if you want to get hold of them, uh, rjbull.com. So it's rjboulle.com. Are you doing courses on mindfulness soon? Is there is there a way that we can tap into? We need you, Janine. <laughs> Yes, we are doing another course in June and our aim with the course is just to create a space where, where we can educate. So they are psychoeducational. Mm. A lot of people are a bit weary about doing any group activity with psychologists, mm. um, but it's a very non-threatening environment. It's more a teaching environment. We do integrate um, ideas from DBT into the course and DBT is really if I sort of in, in short, it is also a space where we just understand more about emotions, how mm. they work and um, how to work with our own emotions in relationship. It's it's interesting. And I mean, I know we're finishing up, but, but I, I have found as a mom, uh, people offer you all kinds of things. So toys and the, we, we probably have about four emotion games at home. And it's really nice for me when my three-year-old walks up to me and says, I want to play this game. And she did it this morning where we, it's little cards and it speaks of things. So I ask her certain questions and there's a turning wheel. And it's it's really good for me to know that I can teach my three-year-old about emotions because I've learned to name my own. Oh. And it is exciting. So mindfulness, yes, it's on the way. If you want to take part in the course, again, rjbull.com. Uh, you can also contact them on 082-925-7938. Janine Bull and her husband, Robert Bull, runs their practice from Cape Town. So if you want to connect with them, this is how. Janine, it's really great. Wait, do you, you need to come back. What can you speak Thanks, on Mama. next time we speak to you? Um, you know what I want to unpack? In our next podcast, I want to talk about the worry around parenting. Absolutely. I think that that is a shared experience for most people, in my experience anyway. Mm. No, awesome. Well, Janine will be back. If you want to listen to any of our other podcasts from the parenting series, well, you know where to go, babybrunch.co.za.